Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is... It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time, Arrival Insurance Program. We got you covered. Visit thereptilereport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder, then visit shipreptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. Uh, tonight we're talking with Chris, which Chris, uh, <laughs> Chris Rindles from uh, Headhunter Reptiles. We're going to be talking about jungle carpets. I don't know if you guys out there in the listening audience 
have seen some of the 2015 jungles that they produced. But my goodness, Owen, they are just mm-hmm. beyond stellar. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I've it's been what three years since we've had Chris on the show. So I love that uh, we're doing these repeat shows all of a sudden with the people that we've had on and like the beginning. Cause it's like, it's been three years since we've had Chris on. We've, I think gotten better or we're really good at hiding it now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. One of those is happening. So it's cool that we got Chris back on. Um, especially now we can go through, you know, obviously he's not just not done anything in the past three years. Uh, Headhunters has expanded and, you know, he's, he's kicking ass with the zebras. He's doing all this other stuff. And the jungles of course have always been uh, some really nice clutch jungles that uh, if you're into jungles and you don't have a headhunter jungle, you're just, you're, 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 you're fucking up. You're not doing it right. So if you're into jungles and you haven't done that, it's just stupid. So um <clears throat> It's uh, it's cool that we're going kind of like backtracking, especially with, you know, uh, these shows right now. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, the as much as uh, as much as I guess I would hate to say it <laughs> because of being, you know, not always the in the jungle carpet python camp. Uh, I would say that when you go to a show. Or you post a picture on Facebook or wherever mm-hmm. you're posting it. Nothing gets attention in the carpet python complex or world or whatever you want to say, like jungle carpets. I mean, it's really hard to beat yellow and black. I mean, yeah, it is. when it comes really to contrast, I, I, yeah. you can't get any better. It, it's um, one of those things where, you know, uh, I, I can have what is deemed a really good looking carpet python whether it be a coastal or an IJ or something like that and stick it out in front of the public and people who are knowledgeable about coastals or IJs will pick out what's um, awesome and interesting about that animal. But the normal walker, normal person passing by who maybe isn't into carpet pythons might just skip right by it. I mean, it's a brown or a red or a, you know, caramely colored snake, but you stick a really nice uh, contrast and bright yellow and dark black animal right there. That's when uh, that's when they actually start taking notice. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, uh, some of the uh, I remember. I remember I was at work, and uh, you know I, I was taking a break or something, and I'm sitting there and I'm flipping through my phone and I'm looking at the Facebook feed and up pops this jungle carpet and. I would have sworn it was a jag. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was that reduced pattern, and you know, I, I don't know. I guess you know what they're after, uh, as far as their selective breeding. You know, I guess it's really starting to pay off. I, I, I think it kind of it makes me question sometimes whether or not being you know. I know we go back and forth all the time when we have different guests on, but if you're really focused you know like a laser beam on certain projects does that pay off in the end of course i don't it does, know but, you know i'm well i mean you can you, the, like it goes back to the how many ways are they just gonna cat of course it pays off if you're extremely focused but it also pays off if you're not so there, there are so many different ways to succeed here but uh, i don't know when you see 
the where they've come with the refinement of the jungle carpets it's it's amazing and you know i know we have newer types of jungle carpets now i mean we have uh the ivories and then we're starting to get different localities and stuff like that but again even with all that stuff nothing beats a really nice bright yellow jungle nothing in my opinion yeah i mean to me i think a lot of people when they look at them what they're immediately drawn to is the yellow mm-hmm. but what i've tried to focus on and picking out my jungles yeah. is the black i like the like no tipping in the blood like just mm-hmm. solid mm-hmm. black as black as you can get you know yeah so that's what i always uh shoot for um other keep, people go different it's fine so yeah we keep there are many uh, different flavors we keep losing chris i was just gonna click them on oh. but Oh crap! Oh no! It's already started. With his phone, I just and I just said we're doing better. <laughs> See, that'll teach you. Yep. See, that was my fault. Um, I apologize to everybody. Yeah. So uh, earlier today, um, I was talking with uh, um, his name is uh, Louis uh, Misham. Um, he's mm-hmm. from Australia. Okay. And, uh, you know he 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 runs the um, Imbricata group, and uh, um, and then you, uh, were you swooning over his Imbricatas? Oh my goodness! Yes, you were. Yeah, but yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, we had a long conversation about um, he's doing some things uh, with. Um, well, first we were talking about mixing up uh, prey items. And, okay. Uh, I know. I thought. I, I know. We, I thought for a second that you were going to say mixing up the bloodlines. I'm like, yes. Kind of jags. So yeah. No, no, right. no, no. It's okay. No, no, I thought for a moment you had lost your mind. So continue though. No. <laughs> no uh, mixing up like uh, in you know like mm-hmm. every I don't know once a month or every couple of months feeding them Everybody quail. Gets a chicken. Yeah. I think he said finches he feeds and he noticed, uh, you know, just the difference in, um, uh, uh, just their whole health, I guess he over, uh, let me see if I can find it overall. He noticed, uh, seemed to, uh, retain that healthy spine definition along its back, a good healthy weight and no health issues. Uh, he was talking about uh, his experiences. A lot of carpets get kidney disease or other, fat related ailments and um he was saying that uh, i guess with rats in particular uh that could be an issue um well i i can see that because we are feeding them animals that weren't normally found on australia so yeah but it's really hard to get like an active population of like kangaroo mice or something in my basement so but if you're there why not so well, he does. Uh, I think he said he was doing uh, Dale chicks and finches and quail and, and who was it? Was it uh, was it Derek Derek Roddy who told us that every once in a while he throws a fish to like his blackheads or something like that? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he does. I do wouldn't that. be surprised, I, and I would definitely say that uh, altering up prey atoms would be probably the snake's benefit. I, that doesn't surprise me at all. So, I mean, they're not, I mean, gonna, they, they don't eat just the same thing out in the wild. They find it, they kill it, they eat it. I mean, today's a bat, tomorrow's a freaking, you know, bird. 
whatever. Wait, I'm gonna have to stop. Wait, in my that mic, my in my fault. headphones. No, hold on. That in my headphones. When... I don't know where that came from, but no, no, no. My computer. It, when I when, when I hear this like this like rattle or something, and it's not yeah. like an annoying rattle or something, but it sounds like you have like a bracelet on. And what? you're like sipping on a, like a scotch or something, and this bracelet I, is wrapped. I have water, but <laughs> are you all right? Sitting here, I'm sitting here picturing you just having your scotch in your hand. I'm in my smoking <laughs> jacket in my wingback chair with a scotch. Do you have a problem with how I do the show? Uh, Thank you. Can we move on? God damn it. Just, yeah. Now, now I have no joy with swirling my brandy. I mean, you've taken all the fun out of it. Son of a oh, bitch! Son of a bitch! It's ruined, <laughs> ruined, totally ruined. Uh, Pour it down the drain now. Oh, uh, sorry. Let's. I think Chris is right here. Let's get him on. God, Chris. I hope so. <laughs> uh, hey, Chris, is that you? Yeah, uh, I had to abandon the headphones thing. And just yeah, use okay. a phone, so let me know if it sounds okay. like complete ass. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're fine. We've had much worse, so okay. it's all good. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, um, welcome back to the show. We have no idea why you people keep coming back on. I mean, figured you guys were gluttons for punishment already. So um, thanks for coming back on. And uh, what... Uh, what's new going on at Headhunters since the last time we talked to you? Um, well, we both moved. Oh, wow. Uh, we were we we're both in Iowa mm-hmm. uh, the last time we talked. And now I'm in Arizona and Keppel is in Seattle. Jeez. So we kind of became left coast kind of people. Wow. That's um, pretty far. <laughs> Yeah. How does that so, work? Yeah, it makes the, the partnership much more challenging now. Yeah. Yeah. How work between the two? You guys like shipping snakes back and forth to each other? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're pretty stable on what we each work with, kind of thing. So there isn't a whole lot. We'll swap a couple snakes every now and again, but for the most part, we're pretty set with what we're trying to accomplish. So, okay. Yeah. Do you guys too like, have dramatic as far as that goes? Mm-hmm. Do you guys have specific projects that you're working on, uh, like something that he likes that you don't, or you like that he doesn't? Well, I pretty much make all the cool shit, and then he just kind of <laughs> he just kind of dicks around over there. I don't know what he right. Does. He just yeah. kind of messes around <laughs> with weird stuff. Uh, he's got some little green snakes with long noses and uh, other yeah. stuff like that, yeah, but yeah. um. <laughs> things nobody cares about <laughs> <laughs> no he uh i sent i sent our male like breeder zebra up to him this year so this coming season he's gonna um take over that and uh he does all our jungle jag stuff up there so very cool very cool so uh when you moved did you guys definitely see a dip in productivity because i know a lot of people including myself just moving like an hour away totally messed up my guys for a season. Did you guys kind of have to wade through that as well? Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Okay. Yeah. We moved down here <clears throat> in March 
of 2012. So it was like right after that Tinley show mm-hmm. and we moved down here. And so, I mean, I had quite a bit of time to acclimate the snakes to the weather, but it's just a whole new ball game down here. It's like my, I can't get my ambience in my house below 70 degrees if I try kind of thing. So Jeez. it's, and it's, it's weird because it's like 80 degrees in my house all the time, even with like the air conditioner running nonstop and 80 degrees when you're down here actually feels refreshing. But back in oh Iowa, my, it's like, Oh cool. my God, I don't want to move yeah. to Arizona. <laughs> right. <Wow. laughs> that it's great for about nine months out of the year, but yeah, you definitely <laughs> don't want to come visit right now. That's for damn sure. Jesus. Wow. But yeah, I, I think I completely struck out that first season. Um, Mm -hmm. had some stuff go, but Mm -hmm. Seattle is much more, I don't want to say like (laughs) Iowa like, but at least it has seasons. Like it gets cool enough, you know, that you can manipulate stuff a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if somebody like Eric were moving, would he get nervous right now? So. I would be very nervous. Yeah. I would be nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'd be petrified. But I think it's more just the drastic climate change that I, I think so. That I made. And once they once I got a year under my belt, then I just basically went to all like 2014 or whatever. I think I bred all virgin females and just started basically from scratch with them being used to the environment and like so and a cooling period where they're getting down to 70 degrees and everything seemed to work fine for them awesome i got a question chris have you noticed a difference in animals that you produced acclimating to the change easier than animals that you didn't produce yes i would say so actually i think yeah (laughs) one's that I had bought and had for a few years. It could be that I produce, it could just be an age thing too. I haven't, I don't buy a lot of snakes anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like the ones that I did buy were much, were older and mature. And a lot of the stuff that I produced was younger, you know? So I don't know if that's why it seemed like it adapted better or if it was just an age thing, but yeah, I definitely did notice something along those lines, but it could just be that the other ones were living in Iowa for five or six years and then all of a sudden got jolted into the desert. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Cool. So now, obviously, Headhunter's main focus is jungles. Can you uh, give us kind of like an overview of what you guys got going on jungle-wise? Uh Bloodlines, special pairings, any specific animals that you think we should know about? Um, yeah, I mean, all of our line stuff is kind of like what we work with now is um, just stuff that, you know, I'm dealing with like grandchildren of snakes that we purchased, you know, like 15 mm-hmm. years ago kind of stuff. Um we do a lot of the CVR stuff. Brinkley was a CVR snake from Will Leary. So, I mean, we do a lot with that. We're a couple generations from that now. But, um, and then we do what I call a slash line 
And that's just kind of like something that I called it kind of deal. Cause that mm-hmm. was the name of the snake. But I mean, she 2001 animal. And honestly, when we picked her up, we were like, that is a really pretty jungle carpet python. Let's buy that at a show in Omaha, Nebraska. And so I have, you know, actually, I couldn't tell you like the kid's name, you know, that I got it from or anything. It was well yeah. before I knew anybody even cared about such information mm-hmm. kind of deal. But so mainly what we do is stuff through her, her bloodline stuff and stuff through Brinkley bloodline stuff. And then we did a swap way back in the day with Andrew Hare back in like 2006. Mm-hmm. So we got a couple highlighter animals from that. And so we've incorporated that into a lot of our stuff. Um, other than that, I bring a new animal in every once in a blue moon. Uh, we got a Shuit female from Dale Huffman back in 2011. We bred her for the first time this year. Um, let's see. I picked up a young that um, I'm sure you guys know who he is. I'm, I might butcher his name. Like Sloki. Tim Sloki off of Facebook. You might have seen him. Oh, yeah. But he had a real uh, bunch of highlighter yeah, stuff yeah. a couple years ago. I picked up one of them. I think that's the only new jungle that I brought in and probably four years and then and then amanda my uh baby mama she uh has the stripe stuff (laughs) that we're working with to try to like see what's going on with that and uh, how's the stripe project going um it's interesting i mean i was really excited at first because it really was like from what she had done in the past and what we'd known mm-hmm. had happened to the original animals originally, it really was acting like a straight up like codom kind of thing. Yeah. Like you bred two stripes together and you got these ones with just bold, bold tiger stripe looking jungles. And if you just bred one of them to a normal, then you'd get about half stripes, you know, and it'd be more of that pinstripe look and blah, blah, blah. And it was all like, oh, this is really cool. You know, if we can figure mm-hmm. this out. And we bred her to one of ours last year. And we got about half stripes, half not. A couple of real bold striped ones. Yada, yada, yada. So this year, we bred her to like the most banded male I had. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm just going to throw this at it and see if it actually works right or not. Because the first year, we used a snake called Varric, which is a very reduced pattern slash stuff that we produced like six, seven years ago. And uh, he was very reduced pattern. So I couldn't really, so he had a clean dorsal. You wouldn't call him stripe, but he had a clean dorsal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that could be what influence in it. So we brought it to a really banded male this year. A real pretty snake too, because I really wanted to try to up the color potential. And I got a couple stripes out of like a 12 egg clutch. I got two that we would call like striped by the definition. Nice. And then I get, then there was about half the clutch was banded, just straight banded. And then there's like four or five or what I call like wannabe stripes. They, um, (laughs) 
they want to be striped. You can tell that their pattern wants to be striped. Like their bands will break every once in a while and they'll have partial mm-hmm. striping and stuff like that. But not what I would classify as a striped snake by any stretch of the imagination. But um, so I think it probably works a lot like that stuff that Jason does with those tigers. So I think I think I can make it look like a tiger coastal over time mm-hmm. and selectively breed it to do that. But the mode of inheritance isn't as fail safe as I thought. You can still muck it all up if you breed it to the wrong snake. That that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, we're going to go through now your collection. I got a few things we're going to talk about. Um, and if you don't mind just hitting on it, uh, kind of going a little bit deeper. Uh, let's start with Brinkley. Uh, can you give us the backstory on Brinkley and what's going on with her? Because uh, I have one of her kids over here. He's a Brinkley zebra. And um, she just gets, makes phenomenal babies. So, Yeah, she... Yeah, 2003, Will Leary, cover girl times Boaz, I think. I don't know how the hell you pronounce it, but it's like B-O-A-Z mm-hmm. is what he called the male. Mm-hmm. And so, and she really inherited what I consider, and a lot of them did, like more his traits than the CV, than the actual cover girl herself. She, mm-hmm. she just has that very bright, clean, yellow, solid black pretty banded, you know, and Mm -hmm. so her offspring have all pretty much been like that. Every once in a while, something aberrant will come out, but it's just kind of like, I see a Brinkley clutch and I'm like, okay, they got little smiley faces or frown faces on their head. They got skinny, (laughs) skinny yellow bands, sometimes a little bit broader, but pretty skinny and uniform. They're pretty Mm -hmm. beigey, brown, boring for the first two or three months out of the egg, you know, it's just, <laughs> they're very predictable of what she throws, but they okay. always end up in color up. And so, and they're pretty consistently clean. So they'll awesome. pick up some black flack in the yellow every once in a while, but I wouldn't call it dirt. I'd call it, you know, when they pick up like solid black scales in the yellow. Yeah, do you find that people like the, uh, solid black scales in the yellow or they like the cleaner look more um personally i like the cleaner look unless it's just extreme Mm -hmm. i've seen a couple that just have so much black in the yellow that it almost becomes cool looking but for the most part i think people go for the clean as clean a yellow as possible i usually that's usually what i look for yeah it's usually me too so it's hard to say because they don't pick that up or, you know, they can be a couple, three years before they even start to pick that that coloration up. Yeah, that that is true. I mean, you never kind of know if they're going to start getting that tipping or whatever, the little scales in various places. Um, right. But very cool. Um, can you give us a little bit of an overview of uh, Will Leary's cover girl line? And I know you mentioned it a few times we're talking about Brinkley. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's CoverGirl because it was on the cover of Reptiles magazine at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's uh, it was Casey's, right, originally? Casey I thought it was Casey's. 
Yeah, I thought it was a Casey right. Lasik animal, and then right. came into and that he, stuff. So right, and I've seen him post mm-hmm. before where it he'll trace it back a couple generations before her even. Yeah, stuff. He's got pictures of grandparents of CoverGirl, and you know, CoverGirl's probably a great wow. great grandma by now. Right. Kind of deal. Probably. So, I mean, that line that line's been cooking. So yeah, right. So yeah, I mean, everybody jumps on CoverGirl stuff, and there's good reason to. I mean, what Will did with it was really impressive. I think some mm-hmm. of the stuff like you hear of Hope, you know, and Brinkley's another one, but there's a couple three of them out there that kind of stuck around and um, produced a lot of snakes and they were all, you know, I picture cover girl now and she was kind of tipped out and not real. Um, her herself didn't really look like what we picture cover girls lion stuff looking like now, in my opinion, <laughs> like she was just, she was a little different, you know, and she wasn't just, just through selective breeding, you know what I mean? They're just so much cleaner yeah. now. But she was obviously the well architect I, I of it like all. It. <laughs> well, I like it because we all have this picture of Cover Girl in our heads, and that's obviously like you know we all see the picture of her on the magazine cover. But right, you know, the snake did get older, so it's like it's right. almost like we 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 stopped looking at her after a certain point. So, and obviously right. just through the line breeding made it that her kids obviously surpassed her. And then those kids surpassed those kids and all the other stuff. So. Right. Like, and you look, a lot of us, you know, first fall in love with jungles from that picture of it on mm-hmm. the Barker book, you know, and you look yeah. at, if you look at that picture now, you'd be like, Oh, wow. That is, that is, boring. that is subpar. It's like, oh, that's boring. Right. My eyes don't hurt when I stare at this. I don't want it. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> Speaking of oh, non-boring have a, uh, jungles. Go, wait, yeah. go ahead, Eric. Yeah, we did have a question come in from uh, Andrew Paris when we were just talking about tipping a minute ago. And he's talking yep. about with regards to tipping, he's talking about your, uh, what is it, rigid and Sahara clutch? Describe. Uh, can you describe your thoughts on that clutch and where you want to go with it in the future with tipping in terms of selective breeding? Uh, yeah. Um, that clutch is kind of like a re-focus um, on something that I started to do about five or six years ago. Like in like 2008, 2009, I was all about trying to make jungles with as much yellow as possible, you know, like 70, 30 looking jungles and blah, 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 blah. And I realized like how much work it was going to take. And then that's when the Jags really took off. (laughs) And I'm kind of like, well, hell, there's the snake that I'm trying to make right there. And it's a hell of a lot easier to do it that way. (laughs) There we go. And And voila. But um, I held back one Zahara snake from Slash in 2009 because she was very reduced in pattern, a lot of yellow. And I, I held her back, and I didn't breed her, didn't breed her. And then last year, I decided to inject some CVR blood into it. And I got the clutch I got last year from her, which I was very, very happy with, like, surprisingly. So um, John Chang posts a picture of one every once in a while that he bought. That's just ridiculous. 
and um, the holdback that we kept are really nice, and a few of the other ones I've seen are all just very, very nice animals. But they pretty much had your standard jungle black. They didn't really have the tipping. So, and those took forever to color up. And so when I was thinking about it, like six months when those Zahara babies from last year were about six months old and they were still kind of whitish looking, I was like, I need to jump that yellow color up a little bit. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to breed like a highlighter male into it, which is a snake we've been using for like jungle jags for years. And that's pretty much it. We did one jungle pairing with him once, but I was real, I went through a phase where I was real anti-tipping. I was trying to get as solid a black as humanly possible. And everything I held back, I held back because it didn't have any yellow in the black. You know, the yellow be damned. I could care less. I just didn't want any yellow in the black. And so that snake was always kind of like the ugly stepchild because it was tipped out like crazy. It was like <laughs> 2006 highlighter pairing. I can't remember. I think it was like Isola or something like that was the female that Andrew used. But when he first started bringing those highlighter snakes, they were tipped out like that, like crazy. They were just all mm -hmm. like crazy tipped out, weird looking. And then as the pairings with that snake like matured, like they started to look more like the father. So when you picture a highlighter now, at least with me, I picture real dark, solid black and mm -hmm. little like yellow broken bands and blah, blah, blah. But back in the day, there are always these really tipped out, funky looking diamond cross looking things. And so I was like, oh, I'm gonna try to do that and see if I can bring that tipping mm -hmm. in. And if I can reduce the pattern and bring the tipping in both, then that should make that snake look pretty yellow by the time it's all said and done. And then like, lo and behold, they came out way more tipped than even I anticipated. These things are I don't know, borderline stupid looking just because they got so much <laughs> yellow blushing coming in on them that it's, they're just freaky and they came out super clean and I don't know, they're weird. I only have a couple left. I was, I kept a pair just to make sure that I could see my for myself how they colored up, but um, yeah, they're going to be strange. <laughs> strange is good. Strange, strange right. is all right. We can we can do strange. So I don't really very cool. anymore. I try not to repeat pairings too often, but I think I might actually go ahead and repeat that one again if they color up the way I think they will. If they all awesome. mud up, right. then I won't. But <laughs> then, won't, yeah, no, uh, then then we don't ever touch that again. Yeah, then, then we'll right. never oh. talk about that pairing again. Exactly. Do it. Then yeah. we sweep that under the rug. Chris really took me on that one. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Um, now, when it comes to jungles, uh, the name Shuit pops up a lot. Um, do you know any of the history on that? And uh, what do you think about the Shuit line jungles? Um, I love the Shuit line jungles. If I had mm -hmm. to, like, guess like what my slash female was, that's what I would guess it is, just because it has that look. Um, okay. But I don't know that for a fact, you know, so I don't say that, but I mean, if I- You would, mean you're not a you mean not a jerk like that? Yeah. Was right. right. <laughs> if I was, if I was putting my money on something, that's what I'd put it on, but I don't know for sure. 
But actually, I saw that, that you're going to ask me about that. And I was like, you know, honestly, I don't really know that much about Shoe Line stuff. So I actually messaged him last night and was talk, talking to him a little bit. And mm-hmm. he was saying that he got all his stuff late 80s, early 90s. Um, he rattled off a couple names that I did not recognize. And then he kind of told me that they were like German line jungles but he okay. um I, I can't remember if he used quotation marks or italicized it or something but it made it seem like the german <laughs> line part was a little like on the iffy like whoever he got okay. him from told him that but whether or not he believed them or not is kind of like i think right what he was trying to say and then i was actually talking to nick earlier today about something completely different and he was saying that Shua got all his stuff from Larry Black. Well, it wasn't directly from Larry Black, but he said this guy got stuff from Larry Black and sold it to Shua, and Shua pretty much used exclusively that except for one animal. And the guy that Nick mentioned, I not in a million years will I remember his name, but it was the same guy that Shua mentioned when I was talking to him last night. So... I'm guessing if any if anything, Nick probably knows more about the Shewitt line stuff than Shewitt does himself. If I was a betting man, <laughs> which is probably true about most of our stuff, <laughs> as far as Nick is concerned. But um, so that's what I I guess you know Larry Black stuff would be what I would say. But Gordon did say that he probably produced over 300 jungles when he was doing it. I mean, there was a ton of them out there at one time. So, I mean, when you see shoe line stuff, you know, it's always tended to be a little skeptical, you know, okay, yeah, shoe And But when he produced that much stuff, I can believe that there's, you know, that much stuff still floating around out there. Right. Well, yeah, they have a particular look to them that you can kind of, I don't know, it's right. just like they really pop, you know, so. Yeah, it's like that German look, you know, but whatever that means, you know, it isn't like the jungles were found in the rainforests of Western Germany or something. So whatever German means, I'm sure that's just the entry point of being smuggled in to Europe. But Right. Very cool. So um, let's talk a little bit about... Um, your 2015 stuff that you did this season. Uh, the first question that I, I I get asked this a lot by new listeners and whatnot, but when it comes to picking out, you know, that stellar jungle carpet, um, what's your first rule of thumb? What do you what do you look for, or what do you uh, what do you pick out that that's that stand out? Um, I usually last year. I decided that I was going to just go completely and totally 100% on like contrast. Whichever ones were the most contrasted out of the egg and after their first shed, it's like those were the ones I was going to hold back. And um, and then Amanda picked a jungle out of one of the clutches because she liked the head pattern which is something that I used to do all the time too. It's like, oh, that's a cool head pattern. I'm going to keep that one. But um, so she picked that one out 
And we were watching them through the first couple, three sheds. And the ones I picked out were just like kicking that one's butt. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, thanks a lot for picking that one. You know, I sold that one to John Chang because you picked that one and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, um, and then like a couple, three months after that, it's like, oh, wow, his yellow is actually starting to come in pretty well. And she's like, yeah, I know, he isn't looking too bad. And I'm like, yeah. And then now it looks better than the two that I picked, of course. And um, it's just bright and clean as can be. And mine are nice snakes but for sure, but that one is a cut above the ones that I picked out. So um i don't really rely too heavily on i never have relied too heavily on that on contrast mm. and i decided to and it's I, I can't say it bit me in the ass because they're still very nice snakes but they aren't hands there i didn't see any noticeable that they're better than ones that didn't look that contrasty out of that clutch i guess is mm. the best way to put it so it's hard to i just breed so many of them that I'm going to be right every once right. in a while just by default, you know, more than anything. <laughs> and I sell, <laughs> I sell my stuff quick. Like once it's got a, sh a shed out of the way and it's eaten good, then I advertise them. And so everybody's kind of on a yep. level playing field, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, this is the one I'm picking. Right. If I wasn't picking this one, I might pick that one. You know, if you want to try that one kind of deal is how it usually right. works out. And so sometimes I get the best one. Sometimes I don't. With the level of, of the quality of the stock that you're working with, do you find that uh, the outcomes are pretty consistent or are you, I mean, are you getting A plus jungles and A plus jungles or are you still seeing that like really stellar ones and then ones that, you know, are really just yeah i don't really see that total like turd anymore you know i never right. really <laughs> see one that just goes to complete crap i mean they're obviously mm -hmm. grades with them you know some turn out better than others um obviously but i don't really see the you know when you think of like bad jungles you know you almost have to think back into the past almost because so many people have so many nice things now that they're just like yeah. on a whole new plane i think anyway you know that have nothing to do with me it's just the quality of animals out there that you don't really see those just super dirty ones or those you know unless it's like a zebra or something you know then that isn't been done enough to really eliminate it but i think the people that have worked with them a couple three generations have knocked most of that stuff out Right. I don't know if you'd Do say you they're all A plus plus animals, you know, but I I think a solid B animal is about the worst that I would expect out of anything I'm doing right now. Wow. Which I yeah, like when you put it into perspective, like we were saying earlier, is much much better than it was, say, ten years ago. Um so okay. Um right. I, I I was always curious do, do you think it's easier to uh, produce the cut, like uh, to change the color or the pattern? Say you wanted to do stripes. Is it is it easy just to refine that stripe and then maybe add the color later? Or uh, are they equally as difficult to reproduce? 
Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Like the striped one is a good example because we need to needed to clean those up a little bit. Um, and so the male that we used the first year wasn't the best one to do that, but I was desperate to get that something to lock that snake up, and that's the only one that would. Um, so those came out the way they did, and it did improve their color, and the striping stayed good on the ones that had it had nice striping kind of thing so i think that works i would in that situation always go for color first get them where you want them color wise and right. you just throw one that like is just pinpoint dead on the pattern that you're trying to achieve you know then it doesn't really okay. matter what that thing colors up like you might as well keep that and try to breed color into that particular snake but if you're just getting variations like, oh, I would like, I like it like this, but maybe a little more reduced or a little more of this or a little more of that, I would go ahead and infuse a color and come back to it. But I've noticed right. with the zebras a lot, like the color goes into those really easy. I was surprised because they're yes. so butt ugly when they first came over here. You know, it's just like yes. just scary ugly. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then the first generation stuff over here anyway, not first generation mm -hmm. zebra stuff, but the first generation stuff over here was pretty hit and miss, more miss than hit, I would say. You know, you still mm -hmm. ended up with that brownish color eventually kind of thing. And uh -huh. um, nothing I hate worse than a brown jungle carpet it's just the most disgusting thing in the history of the world but um but then <laughs> if you took those babies those second generation babies and bred them into quality uh jungles the next time it really did a good job of wiping that out it was very i was very surprised how like nice what ours would be third generation from the original ones coming over. I was really impressed by how nice some of those turned out. And I know Nick does some stuff with um, CVR line stuff too with his zebras. And I've been seeing a couple, three of those lately. And those are really super nice. And I know what Jason's doing now with the, like the clutch that he made the super from and stuff. Now that he, getting away from that first generation male like his stuff is looking really super nice yeah. so it's very gratifying to know that that isn't that difficult because i think zebras are super cool and um if it was going to take five generations to get them from being ugly then that was going to be very disappointing yeah well since you brought up zebras i mean when it comes to zebras what are your thoughts on one day producing that killer yellow super zebra do you think that that is uh is possible um anything's possible i don't <laughs> think it works quite the way i had hoped i've seen enough of them now <laughs> yeah. and they're definitely they're definitely great you know graded i've seen some they're just like, what is the point of that? And I've seen some that's like, okay, you know, I get it. That's cool. You know, if you can tweak mm -hmm. it a little bit kind of thing. But mm -hmm. I, I was talking to Jason a few months ago and he was kind of saying something that really kind of put a light bulb in my head where 
He was saying, like, I always kind of thought that the Super Zebra eliminated the black pattern. And I kind of considered it eliminating the black pattern and the black together simultaneously. But his mm-hmm. thoughts were kind of like, it, re- it takes the pattern away, but it doesn't necessarily necessarily take that black away. It just kind of blends it in to the yellow. Mm-hmm. And so you get that kind of goldy sense. color. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like a little more. So that being said, if that's true, you know, if you can reduce the black enough in the zebras, you know, and right. everything, then maybe you can minimize that and get the yellow. I know Nick has made some supers that he's really, really proud of. I haven't actually seen yeah. them, but um, I just. Yeah, they're pretty nice. In my eye, the perfect one doesn't have that dust on its head and along its dorsal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. whether that can be made okay. or not, I don't know. I hope so. I mean if you're if you're gonna keep it, I think that you could possibly do it with Bakey. I, I mean I know it's not a pure jungle anymore, but possibly you could do it with throwing Jag in the mix, but right. know, it seems to lighten up. But Yeah. Know. Yeah, there's definitely, yeah, definitely crossways you can go about it. Like, I always thought, like, the albino thing made total sense. And then I saw something the other day where people were saying they all die or something. I was like, oh, that sucks. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> Right, I don't know if it's, I I, yeah, I just, yeah, nice. you know, one of those rumor things. I don't know if it's true or not, but kind of deal. But that did, always made sense to me. I, Mm-hmm. I did have the, uh, you know, this year I did um, did a super zebra clutch with caramel and jag in the mix, and I did have two eggs that went bad. Um, so I don't, I think that might have to do with uh, the jag, maybe the jag being mixed in there. I don't, I don't know. It just, I don't know. But there wasn't any albino in there, and the albino zebra jags right. that I hatched seemed to be solid. So. See, that's what's weird. I would think that if the albino super zebra was like lethal somehow, then there'd be something jacked up with the albino zebra itself. You know, kind of like how a jag is loopy and then the super's lethal. You would think something yeah. would be off with the albino zebra that you would say, huh, right. maybe bringing these together yeah. isn't the best idea in the world. Right. But I haven't heard anything like that. I don't know. I don't have any. But not my so experience, you have just, but right. Yeah, so yeah, who knows? I think the supers <laughs> are harder to I get the impression the supers are harder to hatch in general. Yes. And it seems like yes. there should be a lot more of them out there than there are. So yeah. mm-hmm. it could just be that. You know, it could just be dumb luck involved and blah blah blah. Your, how many supers yeah. did you say you had out of that one? Out of the, the one with the uh, I just, had, yeah. just just the one. the one, right? Yeah. Just the one. Just the one. And it had something weird yeah. going on with it. Yeah, it had well, it had the uh the pigtail and then it had like um what appears to be a lump in the middle, but it seemed to have gone down. Um but the snake seemed fine. I mean the tail I mean the skin uh you know was moving around. I, I don't know. I think I think what I hit is a 
Super Zebra, either Caramel Jag or a Super Zebra Jag. That's what I think that right. is because it's it's much lighter than what I've seen. Uh, just straight Super Zebras look. So I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. It almost it almost was Blackhead food because I don't know if it was you know just the uh, I didn't know if it would make it because of I thought maybe something was wrong with its heart you know because it was right around that right. area where I was swelling up. But. Oh, uh, it wasn't like a spinal deal. It was like just a internal lump of something. No, sort. yeah, it, it had the pigtail, but I don't know. To me, that's not a deal breaker. But I guess for some people, right? You know, I would think a cross like that though into the coastal stuff, like that, that would be less likely to get a pigtail. Yeah, were they still related Jason, though? Were they from the same clutch? No, the parents. No, no they weren't related. Do you think um, the pigtail can Jason be bred out at a generation? I'm saying, like, do you, Chris, do you think that the pigtail can be kind of corrected through different generations? Um, and also, I was uh, hoping so, but Eric's results kind of slap that in the damn face. Damn it, Eric. All right, well. I was hoping it was a result just <laughs> of the inbreeding of the zebras in general. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they don't happen all the time. You know, Jason didn't get one. And. You know, I know Nick has got several that haven't had the pigtail, so at least it isn't 100% guaranteed it's going to happen kind of thing. But um, I, so if that's the case, I would think that you get them out across far enough and come back, then they would probably be fine. But yeah, yeah. Uh, would you, you know, that's just if, if you got super zebras with pigtails, would you decide to keep the tails or uh, if they're far enough back, would you knock the tails? Boy, I don't know. I mean, it would make sense to dock them, but I don't know mm -hmm. if I could do that. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like squeamish little girl when it comes to shit like that. I wouldn't want to <laughs> cut the tip of the tail off of the snake. I suppose I could yeah. probably get Amanda to do it. She would probably there do it. There you go. But um, <laughs> you know, I don't. What was I funny would just have is kind that of like when... a deep seated ethical problem with it. Yeah. Yeah, some people. But I imagine I shedding and it. stuff. They probably always stick and everything else. So it'd be a pain. In they the might. It might even it. get. It might even lose blood flow and fall off on its own if it's real bad in the shedding. Because I've seen that happen where it just kind of right gets stuck all the time and then eventually it'll just pinch itself off. So right. Yeah. I'm seeing honestly. I'm seeing enough variation in the pattern of the zebras. I don't even mm. know. I'm sure someday I'll go for like a super, but that's really not my end game at all i want to mess with the zebras themselves and not i want to keep outcrossing them into brighter and brighter stuff and see what kind of twisted curly q stuff i can make you know we made one that had a real bold stripe down its back last year you know so i kind of want to mess with that a little bit i really like the ones that are super reduced with just a crap ton of yellow so i mean i'm more interested in zebras for their own sake than I am the super anyway. But that being said, if somebody makes a super sweet one, then I'll try to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> I you think go. that a, uh, 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 like if, if you took the zebra and really reduced down that black to like a pinstripe, you know, like almost somebody took a fine tip marker and drew on that pattern. I think that would be right. a stellar. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be killer. Right. But, 
we sold one to Bronya last year that as close to that as I've come. And that mm-hmm. thing, just from the pictures he sends me, I'm just like, Jesus, because it looks, it, you know, if you just kind of glanced at it, you'd think it was a zebra jag, but it's a zebra. But it's just, mm-hmm. it's probably 65, 75, 65, 70% yellow, I'd say. And if the color holds wow. that's going to be a crazy, wicked snake. But That's awesome. But that's what I mean. There's a lot with, of cool stuff that can still be done with them, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what about when it comes to, uh, like, reducing the pattern in, you know, doing, like, reduced pattern jungles? Have you, uh, have you seen the results? Like, how does the genetics seem to work with that? Is it easy to uh, reproduce? Are you getting uh, a, a large percentage of the clutch turning out that way? Or is it similar to what you're seeing with the stripes? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's fairly easy to replicate. You know what I mean? If you have a couple um, pretty reduced animals anyway, I they mm-hmm. usually all come out with varying degrees of reduction. You know, it's basically you're just making the bands a little bit wider is all you're doing and so right. if the bands are you know two three scales wider across then that just makes a different look to the snake but it seems like it's pretty as far as my experience it goes it wasn't like some kind of arduous process to really reduce them to reduce them reduce them you know to get them crazy then that'll take mm-hmm. some work and i think that's always i think that's going to be wrapped up in the tipping i think you're going to want to try to get them so tipped out that it almost looks solid Mm-hmm. And so then yeah. that'll reduce the black that way, kind of like right. kind of like John's um, gamma jags. You know, when you first see them, when they first hatch out, they look like jungles, really. Mm-hmm. But then that tipping yeah. fills in in those black saddles so intensely that you don't even, when you look at them, you don't even realize that they're banded, even though they basically are. Right. So try to do something like that That's with jungles true. themselves. That would be pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, Can, right. Uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the clutches that uh, I was checking out on your website, um, you have it labeled as the head turner clutch. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, that's that short female that I picked up in 2011 from Dale Huffman. Um, he got a pair of holdbacks from Matt Turner, which um, from his original Shewitt stuff. And he bred them together, and then we swapped him out. I swapped him out of Brinkley, um, 2011, for a female from his clutch from 2011. And it's really not fair to Dale, but I mm-hmm. skipped him and went to Matt Turner because Head Turner sounds so cool. But it really has not. <laughs> but it really should be. Like, I'm not giving Dale any credit at all. But I just basically I bought that snake in order to because Matt Turner wasn't making jungles anymore at the time. And so I bought that snake just so I could call a clutch head turners. So I've been waiting four years to do it. So, (laughs) and then it kind of pissed me off because Howard got some of our stuff, some of our Brinkley stuff from Julie. And then he's breeding that into some Turner stuff too. So he could say the same damn thing, which kind of like, I think I should like, Oh no, it ruined the whole thing. Exactly. Uh, God God damn it, Howard. (laughs) So, yeah, people have been making fun of me about that for four years, and then I finally did it. And I put it on the website that way, but I haven't really, like, (laughs) I haven't really talked much about that clutch at all yet just because I'm letting them color up a little bit before I really start springing them out. But um, 
I've been kind of hesitant to actually use the head turner thing. Like as I've matured, it's become cheesier and cheesier in my mind to where now I don't even know, like if I'm really going to promote them that hard that way, I probably still will, but I'll feel a tinge of nerdiness when I do it. Well, that's fine. I mean, uh, that's the first time I've heard of somebody buying a snake just so they can call it this when you produce it. I mean, that's just hilarious. Right. So <laughs> it's like I'm going to buy Eric Burke's line stuff and name it something really weird just so we can watch that go. Anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah. I went through that phase. Like I named our zebra Hocus and then I named a female jungle jag. We held back Pocus. Because I was going to make a hocus pocus clutch of <laughs> uh, zebra jag, but then the jag ended up and uglied out on me, so I never put the pair together. So now I got this zebra named Hocus, and it makes absolutely no sense at all. No sense. <laughs> that. <laughs> That's awesome. I right, um, now, Chris, we're going to go into a little bit of the carpet python market here, which is uh, sometimes is a powder keg of a topic. Um, We'll see how this goes. Um, okay. What are your thoughts about the current state of the market and how, and you've been in, in it for a while. How do you think it's changed for the good and uh, for the bad in the last couple of years? Um, it's hard for me because I'm kind of, I'm kind of out here just kind of doing my own thing. I don't really get too mixed up in it. Uh, like, we've been producing jungle since 2005 and we've charged pretty much the same within 50 bucks every year since. So, I mean, I don't pay too much attention to what other people are charging for their stuff. As far as that goes, I know like there's been times when people have said, Oh man, your stuff's too expensive. You know, like three, four years ago, I was getting that every once in a while. And then now I get that our stuff's too cheap every once in a while because there's other people trying to get a little bit more than we do kind of thing. But I don't really let it affect what I do. Like the zebra stuff I know has really plummeted, you know, but I mean, it's always mm -hmm. going to, I just, but I set my price at what I think they're worth and that's what I sell them at. And that's just kind of it. I don't really, I don't get too many people saying like, Oh, I saw a zebra for 300 bucks. So mm -hmm. I want to buy one of yours for $300 kind of thing. But I think that's just cause we've been around so long and we've kind of have our own little base of people that kind of buy our stuff and your, your little so following. Know yeah. What, yeah. We kind of, they kind of know what we charge and if that's what they want and that's what right. they have to pay for. And, so yeah, as far as that goes, I don't pay too much attention. I don't mm -hmm. pay a whole lot of attention to the morph stuff. Like I said, I, we do the zebras. I'm going to start messing with some albino stuff. Ooh, um, okay. Nothing to do with jungles, but um, <laughs> I want to make those, I want to make those things like Ollie makes those red ones. Oh yeah. Those would be and nice I think seat. that's got to be, and I know Jason sent some red stuff over there, you know, back in the day kind of deal. Mm -hmm. and, I, and since it came from a Jag or whatever, I think by looking at it, the best I could mm -hmm. tell, like his first ones were Jag. So there's coastal in there. So I'm thinking it's got to be that red coastal stuff Jason messes with that makes them. So I'm thinking maybe the red is babies and they turn different colors as they get older because of 
melanin creeping in kind of changes that red to a rusty brown or whatever it does to it. So I'm like, well, maybe if yeah. you put the albino gene in it and took that out, maybe it stays red. That's so, cool. Yeah, if, I think it is because Paul, if you look at Paul's albinos, um, his stuff is uh, usually whiter and uh, he doesn't use red babies. So that could right. be, uh, could be it. Yeah. So, I mean, I just want to see if it works or not. It'll be a decade before I ever make one, but <laughs> it made me, it made me put a coastal in my house, which I haven't had one of those in my house in a long time. <laughs> so, and I bought another one from Aaron a couple of weeks ago, like a caramel one. I was like, well, I might as well try to do that. And then I bought a female just albino. So I wasn't just making heads until the end of time. I could actually make some albinos. And now I'm thinking, oh, geez, do I need another male albino? Or am I spreading this one too thin? And so. Right. But. Yeah. Time will tell on that. Um, but as far as those go, like somebody said something about albino market crashing or something not too long ago. Mm -hmm. I saw on Facebook, I think. And, um, you know, my thoughts on it are, are like albinos are really cool. And they don't really do anything stupid, you know. They don't have weird tails, and they don't have loopy loops and stuff. And I think I really needed to have one and own it to really appreciate how cool they were. Yeah. And um, so I kind of like the idea of them being like a four or five hundred dollar snake. I think that's a good price point that might get people interested in carpets, you know, that maybe wouldn't have been before kind of thing. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I they, just, they I, really are a cool albino. I mean, they're, they're a little bit different than other python albino, about albino pythons, you know? Right. There's no yeah. way to really describe it. Like, I've seen a hundred yeah. of pictures of them, you know, and everything, but until you actually have one in your collection and you're kind of watching it, and I like to take my temp gun and shoot it at their heads because then they glow like all red and weird inside. And <laughs> their head at night. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> just stuff like Your that. They're just kind of neat snakes. Glow. Yeah, all right. I'm going to put a glow yeah. stick in my albino's cage now just to see how this goes. So, <laughs> but That's yeah, awesome. I mean, they're just cool to have around. I was surprised by how much I liked it. I kind of bought one just to see. Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to buy one and have it around just to see if I can think of anything to do with it. And there really isn't much you can do with it. There really isn't an ugly one out there, I don't think. You know, I personally no. don't really care for, like, the orange and white banded ones as much. I like them if they kind of just kind of keep that kind of yellow hue and it's yeah. hard to see the pattern in them. That's yeah. the way I mm -hmm. like them. I was like, about the only thing you can really do, I could probably contrast them up pretty good if I'm put jungle in them but i don't really want to mess up my jungle stuff doing that yeah. um so i was like well maybe i can make them red that'd uh, be kind of cool i make wouldn't them look like normally, canes. that'd be cool i wouldn't want to normally do the jungle the darwin stuff but uh eric just roped me into it i mean he keeps like going like here take this and i'm like oh uh all right and now i'm screwed so and here, right. take this take this zebra head albino i'm like why oh it's cool i'll take it now i'm doomed <laughs> But so yeah, avoid it as best you can. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, Chris, I know you have an announcement here for us. You're going to talk to us about something you got, a project you got cooking that you brought me and Eric in on as well. So you want to go ahead and talk about that for a bit? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really, it really isn't, shouldn't be like accredited to me any more than anybody else. But mm-hmm. I know Jason and I were talking about it for quite some time. Um, as you can probably tell, like I set that up like months ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. um, and then, you know, Jason talked to one of you guys and it sounded like you guys were talking about the same thing. So we yep. figured why not do it together kind of deal. Yeah. But yeah, so we set up that uh, Breeder Direct classified page on Facebook. And mm-hmm. so I actually, shortly before I got on the phone with you guys, I opened it up to the public. So anybody that looks, it's, I have to remember how it's actually said. It's like Breeder Direct Morelia Python Classifieds or something like that. But I'm sure we'll all throw links up to it and everything. Oh, it'll it'll be up on the page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But basically, yeah. just the idea is just the only people that post ad on the ads on there are the breeders of the snakes themselves. Okay. So it just it just eliminates a lot of the confusion of like, oh, I bought this snake as a jungle, but I don't know, you know, and I think this might be an IJ coastal cross, but I'm not sure. hundred dollars, mm. you come pick it up in Virginia. You know what I mean? That kind of crap that <laughs> I just right. get sick of looking at. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. and you have to wade through that stuff, you know, and it's not, and like Jason and I were talking, you know, it really isn't so much for us. I don't really advertise outside of Facebook, just on my own personal page. I don't really advertise snakes all that often. But it's just for us as a community to kind of show what we're doing kind of collectively mm-hmm. and give people a place to actually buy a snake where they can talk to the person that has the snake in their house, you know, so it isn't like, yeah, um, no, I bought this snake six months ago and I don't really know who I bought it from or what exactly it is. And, um, it eats mice sometimes and blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, I'm going to have to get back to you because I didn't breed it, but I'm selling it to them and I'll get back to you and let you know what it eats. Yeah. It's you know, my friend's snake. Weird... Right. Stuff like that. Right. I just, I just mm-hmm. like, you know, let's shine the best light on our community as we possibly can and mm-hmm. just kind of highlight. So, you know, we made a point of inviting a bunch of breeders last night to it in like kind of a little soft opening kind of deal, I guess you'd call it, and let some people put some ads up, you know, and all of us made a point of putting an ad or two up on there. And just, you know, so it has some content, you know, when people first start checking it out and stuff. But I just want it to be a place where we can kind of show off our stuff and sell it. You know, like you guys have like pick of the week and everything, and it's cool and all the different stuff you see and it's you know but you, you don't sell stuff on there and you don't want people selling stuff on that obviously yeah right yeah we don't yeah and there's plenty of you know outlets for people with stuff that they didn't produce that they want to sell you know they got a change in plans or whatever and decided that they need to unload an animal or whatever there's nothing wrong with that obviously and there's plenty of places to mm-hmm. do that but if someone's just specifically like okay i really want a caramel jag, you know, or whatever, then they can go there and they, they'll see a breeder that actually produces them. You know, they'll be able to tell you, yeah, this is a caramel. This is what the parents look like. 
you know, this is this, this is that, you know, it hatched out in May and it's eaten blah, blah, blah this many times. And I can open a tub and snap a picture of it on my phone right now if you want to see it, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It just a much more professional kind of vibe is kind of what I wanted to have. Okay. So are there any kind of rules that go along with this that everybody should know? Uh, I know you mentioned saying that uh, you have to produce the animal. So are there any other ones we need to kind of have underway here? Uh, not, not really. You know what I mean? Like I think we talked about it a little bit. It's Morelia specific. So, but like I said, you know, if somebody like a Morelia breeder per se that advertises on there and stuff a lot and everything pumps out like some white lips or something, you know, wants to throw them up there. I don't think anybody's going to have a cow over anything like that, you know, yeah. but I don't really, you know, I don't think any of us want, you know, 25 ball Python ads up there or anything like that. Yeah. So that's kind of like, kind of like <laughs> a gray area, but you know, I want to keep, keep it 90% uh, Morelia Python. So, but other than that, no, and I'm, we're not going to screen ads or anything like that. Like, you don't have to wait for like approval or anything for them to show up. But if I see, you know, somebody selling something that they didn't produce, you know, just like then I'll delete it. Or mm-hmm. one of the admins will, you know, whether it be me or Jason, or we're going to have more admins eventually kind of deal. Jason just told me to hold off because he says it's going to be a spam infested cluster mess at first. So it's better to have as few people looking at it as possible. <laughs> that <laughs> so, is true. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So in order to keep the porn videos to a minimum, we have to mm-hmm. yeah, keep that, it narrowed that's, down. We, we, we reject probably about 20 people a day from the pick of the week. And every single one is a spammer. And uh, that eventually one person will get through and they'll blow up the pick of the week with something dumb. So, right. The constant constant struggle. Sunglasses, (laughs) sales, shoes. There there was some poor poor bastard who wanted to get put on the pick of the week. And he said something about how uh, he didn't know uh, or whatever. He wanted to get approval and he sent me his name. And he accidentally misspelled his name. So when I searched him, it came up as like a shoe salesman. I'm like, oh, no, this guy is done. And then I talked to him a little bit more. He goes, no, no, that's not how you spell my name. And please, God, don't ban me. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You got to watch. Dude, don't send me shoes. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. Right. But I like this idea of having uh, direct from the breeder. And it does kind of cut back on the uh, snakes that hop around from place to place to place to place to place. And it's... Uh, just kind of like if I want to go direct from somebody, this is where I would go. And uh, that's how I buy my snakes nowadays. If I, uh, you know, and I fully blame Eric for this bullshit. If I want to buy it, I have to go to the guy who produces it the best. And I got to spend all my lunch money on it and then <laughs> run away to my snake room right. and giggle. So, yeah, I mean, you know, this is kind of exactly uh, what, what we need right now. So I enjoy it. So, right. And cool. I think there's going to be plenty of price points on there and stuff, but it definitely isn't going to be like a bargain basement kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's people that yes. take pride in what they do and, you know, and charge appropriately, I guess I should say. I mean, that'd that's be kinda, yeah. right. the given. 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We've talked about market stuff on the show a million times, but like, I, I sometimes I wonder if like five hundred dollars is that golden, you know, that golden price point because it seems, you know, you, like you said earlier, it seems that jungles seem to have hit that, you know, you know, maybe right. maybe not so good jungles might go for like three fifty. But like really stellar jungles are like five hundred, and they seem to sell all day long. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're willing to hold them for you know a year or so and let them color up, then yeah, they're five hundred dollars snakes all day long. It seems like I'm never yeah. willing to do that personally, but um, yeah, well, I know a lot of people do. Yeah, I know a lot of people do. But like I told, like yeah. Kevin and I have said since day one, it's like. I just soon sell ten snakes at three hundred bucks and try to sell one at three grand. You know, yeah, yeah, it's just easier. And they they, they tend to leave more, so instead right. of just sitting there staring <laughs> at you, you know, right? Yeah, well, and, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's what we've always focused on is right in that sweet spot, five hundred. You know, our zebras are a couple hundred bucks more than that and stuff. But for the most part, we try to keep right in that sweet spot where people can afford it without like feeling like they got to uh take a second mortgage out on their house or <laughs> you know do 18 month payment plans right yeah max and if i card. started breeding yeah. really fancy if i started breeding really fancy stuff like that that was really expensive like that you know then i'm just i nobody knows me from adam as far as doing that so it's just like mm -hmm. i'm on a you know, it's, I might as well be a, like a newbie coming on, like trying to sell like ghost carpets or something, you know, because it's just like, well, right. what the hell is this? You know, trying to get five grand for a snake or whatever. But so, yeah, yeah. I personally just like to stay in my little niche. I go out every once in a while. I always come back home, it seems like. But um, yeah, I just kind of like staying in my own little corner and trying to make black and yellow snakes. Well, if it's what you're known for, it's your bread and butter. Why mess with it? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, with you, we, I, I think I said this before you came on, but do you find that it's, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't know if you get the itch like everybody else gets the itch that you want to work with this and work with that. And it's that you sort of say very selective and, and your collection is, I don't want to say small, but it's very select. You know, you remind me of like uh, right. when we had John on the show last week. I mean, some this, the quality of animals he has is amazing, but the actual size of his right. collection is is you know very select. I mean, do you find that that's an advantage, or I mean, do you purposely keep it that way, or is that? Yeah, I mean, basically, I have X amount of cages, so I mean every year at this time i'm stressing like okay i'm, I'm going to keep these five snakes as holdbacks okay they can live in this rack for x amount of months and then i can move them to these two footers but then i got to move the ones in the two footers to four footers and it's like you know what i mean it's a very stressful thing for me i just don't like so i basically forced myself into like okay you have x amount of cages you know i don't want you know, 55 gallon aquarium stuck with like bookshelves in my living room kind of thing, you know? So it's like right. X amount of space is what I got and this is what I'm going to use. So 
if I want to expand anything, I have to give it a lot of cage based thought. So that's really kind of trimmed my ambitions a lot. There was a time where me and Kevin were getting into any stupid thing we could possibly think of. You know, it was just, we had all kinds of just weird stuff. And for one reason or another, they would irritate me. Like we've tried white lips two or three times and I just love the look of them. You know, I've just always yeah. just been fascinated by them. There was a pet store back in Iowa like 20 years ago and it had, they had this adult pair of them and they would lay there on the, and all coiled up and they just look like they ground effects or something glowing from their like, orange you know kind of belly yeah. that kind of bled up and to the iridescence and the, so we tried those two or three times but they're too smart they like figure out ways <laughs> to pull down my my cage lights and nothing irritates me more than a snake that constantly figures out how to pull its cage light down yeah and so then we'll sell them and in <laughs> a couple yeah. three years will go by and i'll be like damn let's try those white lips again i think i can put like 17 screws in this light and then that'll be fine that'll keep them yeah yeah tuck this wire here and blah 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 and then same thing happens and yeah um like walmas recently i just sent we have a pair of walmas that we bought from matt turner way 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 back and i got them to breed once and she had like three eggs or something and i try to breed them every year and for whatever reason i can't breed a walma python Save my life. So finally I got fed up with those and I sent them to Jason like a couple of weeks ago. And I'm just like, here, if you can ever get babies out of them, I might take a couple babies kind of deal, but I just want no part of them anymore. <laughs> and so I carpets are the one consistent. I love blood pythons right. too. Um, Amanda's really kind of taken over that stuff. She messes with those a lot more than I do now, but um, I do love blood pythons. I love like a lot of the weird, golden eyes you know and all that stuff is really wicked oh, yeah. i'd love to get those sometimes yeah and now those are seeming to become affordable or borderline affordable and stuff so i might mess around with that a little bit but um every time i leave carpets or start to focus my attention on something other than carpets i shouldn't say leave them but add other things Mm -hmm. I always start to think like, wow, I could put another jungle in that cage instead. So why? <laughs> so, so junk jungles are it for you. That's kind of the uh, yeah. you don't see yourself getting yeah. into like maybe uh, inlands or uh, Darwin or anything um, like that. Darwin's absolutely not. I have absolutely no interest. Um, <laughs> but inlands, I do like. Yeah. Inlands, cool. I think there's a lot of potential with those. I think if you could find the right pair and um, get them going and see if you can clean up that little bit of dust that falls on top of those gray blue scales, if you can get that to go away, eventually those things would just be the bee's knees. Uh -huh. So I would yeah. like to get a pair of those. I was real tempted. Somebody was selling like an adult pair a few weeks ago and I was just like, I practically had to cut my own hand off to like keep from buying them because yeah. one of them was just super sweet looking like, and I was just like, wow, but I was trained. I'll get some babies someday and spend 15 years trying to figure out how to breed them and go that route. But I'm trying to figure out if they're like bread right too. Yeah. they're Diamonds. Right. We have... A pair of diamonds that we bought in 2006 
um, from a place called Gulf Coast Reptiles. So right. I'm sure you guys know the whole deal of that. Back in 2006, mm -hmm. it was um, it was great. You know, I contacted them. They showed me pictures of the parents. Everything seemed right. totally legit and stuff. And they look as much like diamonds as any diamonds I've ever seen. But then in subsequent years after that, they started making them that look more and more like jungle crosses. And oh, then they just no. got this insanely bad reputation. Oh, it's a Gulf Coast diamond. It's junk. It's a cross. It's a mud. It's a blah, blah, blah. And, and I don't know if that's true or not. And I don't know if it was, maybe they changed their stock. I know, um, Ben and Justin got one from that same clutch that I did, you know? So, I mean, at the time, the thought process was that they were real diamonds, but now yeah. it's pretty well established wow. that nobody thinks they are. So it's kind of like, I don't know what to do with those. You know, I'd like to try to breed them, but what the hell do I do with them if I do? Yeah. Oh, these are golf right. diamonds. Oh, wow. These, you know, <laughs> so I mean, it's tempting to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's tempting to just be like, oh, they're 88 percenters. You know, screw you. They're 88 yeah. percenters. But I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that either. So, I mean, God. that's just as much oh. of a lie as anything else. So. God, you could be selling. Yeah. So they just sit here and take up percenters. Wow. Hmm. So, wow. uh, yeah, that's, so that's my, one. right. And being where I'm at now, it'd be very difficult to cycle on, I think, properly. <laughs> right. How do you give them breathe. a winter? <laughs> right. How do you give the diamonds put, and the brettles a winter? Just like, I guess, I did put, ice. Right. I did put my feet, my pair of bread like last year out into the garage for a few weeks. Okay. let them sit out there like in, january and so they got down oh around 60 or so kind of thing and i did get a clutch out of them nice, for the huh? first time i think they're 2004 2005 animals or something like that and that was the first time we ever had a clutch out of them but i don't think i'm ever gonna do that again because they're a pain in the ass were, were the babies a pain in the ass or the breeding? Oh, yeah. the baby. Well, I mean, the breeding, she took longer than I expected her to lay. So that yeah. was very stressful for me. It seems like she ran into like the 40s on the day that she finally mm. dumped her eggs. And I ended up and bumped the heat up in her cage to like mid to upper 90s where her nest box was. And then she finally like dumped them. I don't know if it's a coincidence or if she actually needed it that warm kind of deal. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, the babies, I didn't get a very good fertility in the clutch. You know, I think I ended up with 10 or 11 bread lie and I had right at least that many slugs in that clutch. And then um, they're really pretty, really nice. I mean, our pair is a really nice pair of bread lie and the babies came out like super pretty looking and stuff, but mm -hmm. just getting them to eat. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a jungle. Like they're like flighty little scared little bastards. And so <laughs> you open that tub and they just dart out and oh God, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> once I start once they started eating, they were fine. But they were just skittish little I'm just like, Ew, this is just too time consuming mm -hmm. to mess with these little worms darting out of these tubs all the time. Yeah. But I still have the pair, so in a couple of years I might forget how horrible it was and try it again. Let's try it again. <laughs>
Yep. Maybe that's get uh, awesome. get But that was my experience. Hyper. I think I ended up had to get them live too, which I hate. That's doing. that's what I had to do when with my guys when they were uh, when my brittles hatched. None of them would take the frozen food. You had to give them live, which like right. like I don't feed live, so it's really annoying for me to have to go out and buy a bunch of yeah. baby mice and keep them alive to feed everybody. So. Oh yeah, I live pretty much in the middle of sand and dead brush so i mean it's like a 40 minute drive for me to like go get like live rodents mm. and then what you pay for like live rodents from a pet store it's like geez three weeks yeah. of feeding and it's like i'll be lucky to break even on this thing right wow that's yeah, true I, I i'm pretty lucky i have a uh you know matt uh he has a breeder a rodent breeder that comes to his house actually uh he's yeah. a local guy and uh i just tack on to his order and uh, i found that with uh especially with the albino stuff the same problem it's probably because i guess it hasn't been bred enough uh, enough generations in captivity but they're like a little little trickier to get started a little uh, more finickier i guess but put the live in there good to go <laughs> And then you know you do I, that like three I times. I would have known that about right two thousand dollars ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, no, I always have a couple of jungles that I end up having to do that with too. You know what I mean? We yeah. Had, I don't. Know, I think we had like fifty-five jungles out this year or something, and I got four of them that I had to give a live mouse to, which is yeah. very irritating. But yeah, it has to be bad. done from time to time, but. Yeah, it's the, the nature of the beast, I guess. Well, right. do you have any plans already that you know for your upcoming season, like uh, for 20, what are we, 2016 now? Yep. Any thoughts on right. what you're going to do? Um, well, we're going to, um, like I said, I sent the male zebra up. We've been breeding him into our CVR like a Brinkley baby the last couple of years. And now we're going to try breeding him into Nightshade, which was a, highlighter animal and see what that does and if i ever do want to go for a super i'm going to want a different a little bit different bloodline before i try going back together with them so we're going to try that um chris will probably do jungle jags again he has a baby coming i think next month so like this year was kind of a wash for what he was doing up there just because of all the planning around stuff like that but um, I might do the rigid Zahara clutch again. I need to wait a few months and see what these babies turn out like. Um, I'm going to do something with that shoe at female again. Probably something different, but I don't know what male yet. And I don't, I'm, I think I'll be capable of doing five jungle pairings. I'll probably end up and do four. That's what we did this year. And, um, go from there it kind of sucks because when we moved down here then i missed a whole generation usually i'm adding a new female every year that finally matures but that 2012 right. year was a bust and that's the one that would be like borderline coming up so mm -hmm. it's kind of like i'm gonna have like a <laughs> void in my progress here coming up but um yeah i mean probably four jungle parents i'll probably mix up a little bit 
Um, I still work on the solid black stuff with the Shewitt line and the CVR line mixed together. I still try to get that solid black banded, plain old school classic jungle look with mm-hmm, those. Right. So I'll probably mix and match those up again some way to try to create another clutch of those and um, see what this one looks like. If they're if they actually yellow up the way they look like they're going to, then I'll probably do that again. And then. Uh, the stripe stuff, I think we're going to get the female a year off this coming year. Um, I got mm-hmm. a male that I held back, not from this year, but from last year. So that'll be right next year. And then that's going to line up with uh, some highlighter blood stuff too, to really try to brighten them up a bit. And it's one that looks like it's more receptive to throwing some stripe babies. So I think not this coming season, but the one after that is when like the stripe stuff that we do is really going to take a giant leap forward. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So I can't remember. Chris, I think we talked about lineage enough. Casper over in Europe wanted me to talk about lineage. Man, I think we got the oh, yeah. enough of the enough of the Viking. Yeah, I mean, you know, he can go and <laughs> right. do his Viking stuff. For out of him, uh, will you be attending I, Tinley this year? Um, I want to. Ironically enough, if I don't, it'll be Tinley's fault. Um, that uh, <laughs> that year before I moved down here, like I said, we were at that show right before we moved down here. And uh, Amanda and I made a little surprise, and her name is Tinley, actually, since that's where she was put together at. And so uh, (laughs) she kind of keeps me a little more homebound than I'd like to be these days. But she's getting close enough that I might might be able to sneak up there. I'd say probably 75% chance I'll be there. I don't know about Keppel. He's jet setting across the world all the time, so he might be able to uh, drop in as well. Would you be attending or vending at the show? Oh yeah, no, I'm. I I don't think I'll have enough left by then to set up. Even if I wanted to, that's just such a pain in the ass because I have to fly and so right. I have to ship Jeremy snakes and you know by the time you pay for a table and pay for shipping both ways and everything else, it's just like. You better sell some right. damn carpets. I can tell you that much. Yeah, something better freaking <laughs> go. Yeah, it, exactly. Right. Plus, you got to pay for so food just, and if, booze. Right. If I go, I'll probably just act like I'm Jason's little bitch and hang out behind his table. <laughs> that was me last. I'll be there more right. for the Friday night and Saturday night activities than I will for the actual show. But I don't get a chance to see jason or julie or and it sounded like sloop was going to be there and i haven't seen him in a couple of years so mm-hmm. i would like to do that i don't know i might try to talk um if i end up and go i might try to talk luke into going even though he's uh, nice but about carpets anymore it would yeah. be cool to hang out with him again for a couple of days yeah yeah he's a cool guy that'd be cool yeah. so for Eric's sake, because he's into he's into these things way more than I am. Uh, what kind of blood pythons did you keep? Uh, what, what do you what do you have right now? Um, right now we just got what do we have? We have a pair of albinos, 
key positives and a pair of normals. And um, we bred and made albinos a couple years ago with the pair that we have. And then this year, Amanda's like dead set on one of those red headed looking just normals, you know, but they have that kind of reddish bush into their head. So she yeah. thought the best way to do that would have been breeding our female albino into our normal male. So she produced a clutch of heads, um, hoping to see that snake. I'm not sure if she can tell if it's going to do that or not yet. She's picked out a couple that she likes. Uh, then she has a black, too, with some matron short tail. Um, she really wants to get into oh, – where'd she put my piece of paper? She wrote down how to say batik, <laughs> and it wasn't the way that I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. There yeah. You go. Yeah, I got. So it, yeah. she really wants to get in. She wants to get I into that. So. I was lucky enough to be able to trade uh, some uh, carpets for uh, a Batrix, which is a batik and a matrix. Man, that's badass snake. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so what does so that do when the ivory pops up? Then what's that? Called? Is that that pixel thing or something? Uh, the pixel is the golden eye and the batik together. Okay. Um, so coincidentally enough, the batik, the batik is very similar to the zebra. And if you breed a batik to a batik, you get a patternless yellow type of snake that has kink tail problems. Lovely. Hmm. That sounds <laughs> weird how that works, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Weird. now do those like those golden eyes and stuff and like the magpies, like I've only seen yeah. like really pictures of them, like from the barkers when they're like babies, do they stay like that white or do they kind of like yellowish out as they get older? I think they have some that do uh, yellow out, but I think that uh, there are some people that are working with them. Um, that uh, really have really nice examples. It's, it's probably no different than what you're seeing with, you know, with jungles and stuff like that. Right. That, you know, depend, depending on who you're getting it from. I know uh, right. Matt Turner, yeah, Matt Turner, he worked with uh, the Lily line, which, right. I don't know. It's, it just does something to, to them. It just, Owen gave away his, <laughs> Lily line I matrix. Give, I did not give her. Listen, <laughs> he I, just gave it away. It's a I beautiful animal. I, <laughs> I did not. Uh, she was a horrid, evil thing, but I didn't give her away. <laughs> She's at Matt's place to breed. I'll give her away at the end of the year after I get the babies because I hate that thing. So, but yeah, I didn't give her I away. You, man, they suck dealing with when they got any kind of attitude at all. Like, Thank you. I mean, Carpets are carpet just, they're so made. predictable. Thank yeah. you. you can, they you, are. You know what a carpet's going to, you know. I mean, once you've been around carpets enough, you really don't ever have to take a bite from a carpet because you just know how they act. But those bloods, yeah. man, they start thrashing around and shit. It's just it's horrible. It's, uh, <laughs> it's funny because at Carpet Fest, we had Lon and Matt Minitola over here to check out all the animals. And, of course, they opened up the, the bin with the blood. And she's flipping out, and the two blood guys are like, I'm not touching that. And I'm like, what? The Come on. <laughs> I don't want exactly. it. To. So, yeah. yeah. 
I remember, like, I can't remember, like, right some article the Barkers wrote in Reptiles Magazine in the 90s or something, but somebody was talking about how they could, like, like their strike had enough power to just, like, break a rabbit's back and stuff. And I was just like, man, I just never want to get hit full on by one of those things. That's, no, tell. no. And they don't, God. mine that are bad, like, my albinos just are not pleasant, I would say. But they don't really strike. But if you go to pick them up, they start thrashing around, and that's what I hate. It's the thrashing around stuff. Do, do, do yours yeah. tend you know what to I've been unload? Taught? You know what I've controlling been them with carpet that? hooks probably don't help either. Yeah, yes, that's what I was just too, gonna yeah. say. When you when you <laughs> approach it, like you're trying to pick up a carpet python or a you know any kind of morelia, they're yeah, just different. Right. Like. I, yeah. I was picking them up with hooks. Matt smacks me in the back of the head. What are you doing, man? You can't do that. You gotta. You, they gotta feel like support. His his oh, stuff right. is super tame and massive. He's actually, when we were, I was over there taking pictures for him, and before the snake, like way before the snake would, you know, like it, like they like lunge out at you. He would just. He's basically saying, "All right, move back, move back," and then we move back. And then it would shoot out and then, you know, go back. And that was back to just in the coil. And, you know, I don't know. It, it, they're just different, you know. It's just a different right. different, different snake. So, Right. Yeah, you that's can use the one thing. And then when something <laughs> different happens, yeah. it freaks you out. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about that. It's just, I had a pair, like, back, oh, I think I bred them in 2004, but the pair I had way back then were just normals, but they were just very mellow, just big old fat slugs. Yeah, you just they wouldn't even strike and wrap prey. You just have to throw a dead rat in front of their face. And, um, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, so you just pick them up like you'd pick up, you know, I don't know, a 10-pound sausage basically is how you'd pick them up. <laughs> you wouldn't even, it wouldn't even cross your mind that they would bite you. It, and so that's what I was used to. Snake. Yeah. Right, and then I got one of those albinos and um, bought them as babies, you know. And yeah, I'm not a real big like I'm gonna take my pet out and handle it kind of guy. So I mean, mm -hmm. I'd pay it, you know, minimum amount of attention. All of a sudden, you know, the thing's like three foot long, and I was just like, "Oh, you're a psycho bitch." That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then well, I, usually, whenever that happens, then it becomes Amanda's project, whether she wants them or not. So there you go, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's all over. you. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, the thing is that what always threw me is that it feels like there should be more snakes. So I'm used to an animal with that girth should be like a retic or an anaconda or a berm where like I got to right. worry about the extra 10 feet of the thing that should be around right. other place with the blood. It just kind of ends. And I'm like, there should be more of you to handle and contain right. and. So I'm trying right. to like there wrap around be more my head of you it. further away from your head. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> further down. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Right there. So yeah, I I I don't have any, and I'm kind of happy about that right now. So, but she'll be coming back along with the little. God, I do not hope I get a whole clutch of like evil things. So tiny little These, ones. Yeah. The ones that we hatched this year, like Amanda got bit by one before it even left the egg. Um, the hell? She, was moving the, she was moving the egg and it bit her finger, but, um, <laughs> she, 
they hatched and when we sexed um Keppel flew down about a month ago and we had a big snake sexing party which we do every year that's always a great time of feces spood in your face but um and they were just <laughs> evil hellions then and they're very difficult to sex like you pretty much can't probe them you have to look uh, at weird little pink things and so that gets very confusing for me but um they're just evil and yeah they don't yeah they don't dribble piss at you at that point they like spray at least three feet of urine when you're doing it and um biting you and pissing all over you but now like i was just in there today and amanda was cleaning their tubs and she just reaches in there grabs them sets them on the floor and cleans their tub and puts them back in and they don't do anything i'm just like gee what's the deal why were they so mean to me but she just says you right. just work with them a little bit when they're this age and they're fine and apparently she's right so <laughs> right well yeah he, I, uh, matt, matt, I had to, matt's uh, gonna do all the work so <laughs> i had to uh i think you got to get them you know, young because i don't think you break yeah. them once they reach a certain age they're just done <laughs> do you guys keep them in tubs yeah. like adults in tubs uh i do I, yes. I kept mine in a 41 quart and Eric has tubs for everything. Uh, so what? Yeah, yes. Okay. So like a 41 quart, like sterilite or something. I'm looking, I don't have room, but I want to put mine in tubs. I had a 41 quart. I have 41 quart rack, but the problem is that I wish I had more headroom for her in that it was okay. good floor space. But you know, when she puffed out or she rammed herself into her high box or her water bowl, there wasn't a lot of headroom, right. so I would almost want to go a little bit bigger. I know Eric has not Freedom Breeders, you, right? What do you have? No, I have uh, Vision, but Vision makes a boa yeah, rack, uh, a boa yeah. tub, which is uh, it's almost like a four-foot cage floor size. with uh, it's, it's higher than a CB70. Um, uh, I know Matt uses that same size tub um, for his his stuff, but he uses uh, Freedom Breeders. Um, so, okay. Yeah. And so you have to actually some get of, those tubs from the people that break the racks. Yeah. Uh, you can order the the tubs separately uh, from Vision. I know Vision sells them separately. Yeah, I contact because um, I'm gonna have to make something because I'm gonna have to have mine pull them out the long way. You know, what oh, I mean? I'm going to have to make a rack, yeah. so you have to pull them out the long way um, just because of my space constraints. And I was looking, and I called, like, the ARS because I saw that they sold the tubs individually. I can't remember exactly what size they were, but they wanted, like, 80 bucks a tub. And I was like, Oh, what crap. the hell? Do they clean right. themselves? Right. <laughs> it had, like, a, it had a, whatchamacallit, like a little window in the front. So I guess that made it fancy, but I couldn't use the window anyway because oh, yeah. I'd be pulling them in from the other side. So it would be pointless. But Yeah, check out wow. Vision. And then also, if you go to uh, uh, bloodpythons.com, which is uh, Karen, right. Karen Norris' right. site, she has the uh, – they use, like, those Christmas tree tubs. Yeah, um, the, big, right. the big ones. Yeah, which is pretty right. – I, I mean, if, if you're making a rack – yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> that they use they use some something like that. But I think I think most most people use that uh that 
for lack of I know Vin Russo uses it for uh, for his bows. Um, they're like the perfect perfect size, I think. Right. I just I keep I have them all in cages now, but I fight humidity so bad here that um, mm-hmm. my tub makes a lot more sense for them, and they never move from where they're at in the cage anyway. So they don't really yeah. need the kind of space that I'm giving them as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Why waste the cage space? You can put a jungle in I there. Put more jungles in there. <laughs> yeah, there's more exactly. jungles. This could be more reading my mind. Jungles. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> this is the time of year that I'm thinking yeah. about shit like that. So, okay, I'm going to build you a rack for these bloods because of the humidity, not because I need the cages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rack for the bloods. And if I shave three inches off this wall, I can get more cages and I can get another cage exactly. in here. Exactly. Yeah, I got it yeah, now. Like closet doors. Who needs closet doors? Who needs doors? It's like a whole nother room out. if you take these oh doors my off. God. <laughs> <laughs> now your guys are thinking like snake breeders. I like there it. There you go. <laughs> I, yeah, I bought the, the house down here. And that was Yeah. When I bought the house down here, that was the main thing I looked at. Every house I looked at, right? <laughs> this room big enough to hold a majority of my snakes because that's what I care about. That, so that I, is I exactly what I think the living room is there. or yeah. Right. <laughs> Who gives a damn how Kitchen, many bathrooms? Yeah. Show me the basement. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kitchen, yeah. Whether we have one or not, I don't really care. How big is the room where I'm going to put my snake in? Uh, hashtag herper problems. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, you, oh, we, we did get a kitchen. That's good. I, I was concerned about that after <laughs> a week after we bought the house. It came right. with something, right? Like, where am I going to put all the frozen rodents if we don't have a kitchen? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are winding down on time. Uh, why don't you throw your uh, your info out there, uh, Chris? Uh, your website, email, how people get in touch with you, et cetera, et cetera. Um. The easiest way to get a hold of me is just on Facebook on that little messenger thingy. That's pretty much how I do like 90% of my conversation. Um, gotcha. You can get a hold of us. There's a contact page on our website, headhunterreptiles.com. The Facebook page is Headhunter Reptiles. And then my name's Chris Rindles, R I N D E L S. I'm sure everybody's running for a piece of paper to write that down. And um, <laughs> that's my email address too. It's chris.rindles at headhunterreptiles.com. But. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, it seems like 90% of people just message me on Facebook. Except if you message okay. me on Facebook, message me. Don't message Head on a Reptiles because my phone is a POS when it comes to like that page manager thing and trying to get messages. <laughs> oh, yeah. Off of yeah. the they don't business page. Yeah. 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 So yeah they don't register about, the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. Three days or something. Pushes. <laughs> yeah, it goes so in the other box. Right. But yeah, so I noticed and I usually accept friends requests if I get them most of the time. So (laughs) people can do that and talk to me. Depends on who you are. Right. (laughs) Right. I don't always. But um, if I have no idea who you are, then then I will accept it. But if I know who you are, then it just kind of depends whether I'll accept it or not. (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. Well, um, all right. 
cool. Do you have any, uh, you said uh, you're going to be making, um, is all your stuff from 2015 available or there's stuff that people are still waiting on or? There's a few I haven't shipped out yet just because some people um, clumped some of my last clutch together with some rigid stuff. So I haven't, um, so I haven't shipped those things out. I, I think I got a couple, I have two zebras left. I know that. Um, I have one jungle from the zebra clutch left. Casper, the guy mm -hmm. we were talking about is actually getting a bunch of jungles. He kind of cleared out what I had left, um, of the rigid stuff and, uh, non zebra jungle stuff from that clutch. Mm -hmm. And so okay. I don't know, honestly, I probably have 10 jungles of some sort left. So, okay. Yeah, but I put them up on the Facebook page and stuff. If, and that's what made me mad because I sold all my fancy shit, and then you guys started putting all that fancy stuff up on that new classified <laughs> page, and I was just like, "Geez, I should have waited and you know, kept at least one fancy Crap. thing left to sell." Everybody's like, "Ooh, I like that! I like that! I like that!" And then right. my boring ass just kind of sit there and, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said to post up stuff. <laughs> this is what we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But now I hope that takes off and it's kind of a fun little place. And yeah. So just I, one I more page. It's, it's what the world needs. Yes. Oh, yes. I think it's a, I think it's a nice little mix. You have uh Morelia pick of the week. Then you have Morelia, et cetera, which is a cool place where people, you know, show off the stuff that's not, you know, carpets or chondros or whatever. And, you know, right. now nice little breeders uh, classified, you know, just kind of brings it full circle. So. Rounds everything out. Yeah, it's kind of like MP, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but in three different it's like the right. form. We're trying to rebuild MP on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Lord. Uh, very cool. Okay. Good old right. MP. Uh, yeah, I know. I miss those days. Stop it. None of us would even right. know each other if it wasn't for MP. No. Yeah, hell right. no. Yeah. I tried to get people back Show on there forever, MP. but I gave up on that fight because these young guys, they just, you know, <laughs> they, it they comes up every once in a while. Yeah. I posted on there like a year ago, just be like, "Hey, in case anybody actually, you're still here, <laughs> looked yeah. at this stuff. Here you go, you know." And I posted some pretty cool animals, and uh, I got like two replies, I think, and one of them was Sloop because yeah. I think he was the only one actually still using the site at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it it's funny there wouldn't actually be a show without MP because that's where Eric made the post about looking for a co-host and then i stupidly answered it so you know that you go there would be no the rest of history that. damn right it like is your guys is, <laughs> your guys is little your little story you can tell people about how you met it's cute yeah it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yes, Owen. Oh, that's enough. What would I have done without you? <laughs> All righty then. We don't want to. We don't want to go this far. That's enough of the emotional <laughs> corner. So, <laughs> awesome. Good. Well, thanks for coming on again, Chris, and uh, we'll have to have you back for some more punishment at some point, I guess. To uh, just kind of keep coming with this. In three more years, we'll have you back on. So, yeah. There's, it's hard to fill up two hours with black and yellow snakes, but and yet we try it twice. <laughs> so, right. Nah, <laughs> nah, it's actually pretty easy. Just got to ramble. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So. Cool. Well, it was a pleasure, gentlemen. Right. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Yep. Thanks. Chris. Have a good night. You, you too. too. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to make sure that I throw this out there. The uh, Southwest South. Hold on. Let me back up. Come on. Come on. The final Northwest. Should be able let to me get this. the date. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I had to pull up the date. Northwest Carpet Fest date has right. changed. To October oh God! 3rd. All right. I don't think I'm going to be able to go. <laughs> oh no! Because that's like wait, the weekend before Tinley. Are we still having carpet fests going on? I mean, wow! Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, is it this point do you now pay where, attention? Like, yes, I pay attention, but it's, <laughs> well, no, not really. But um, the no, point is, <laughs> is that stop it. All right, stop it. We're not. We're gonna have this conversation later. But um. But it's almost like now that we've got so many of the carpet fests, it's like we had ours. And then I know that there was the Southwest and have mm -hmm. the, has the, uh, no. Yeah. They're, the they're Southwest. Southwest. They're, yeah. Uh, they did theirs. Yeah, and they then did theirs. I know that we haven't, Northwest hasn't had theirs yet. And that's the one I just has, said is October 3rd. Exactly. Now that has the Southeast, right? Or they have theirs too. Southeast is in kind of, November. November. So it's I love yes. it. That it's kind of like staggering a little bit, where it's like there's a some time between carpet fest. So it's like kind of rolling around where it could be a carpet fest every couple months throughout the entire freaking year. So yeah, and then there's these little things that pop up, you know, like where a little group of people get together and uh, right. you know they uh, <laughs> they do their own little. Yeah. Mini carpet fest, yeah, and then there's Tinley, which is like a yeah. carpet fest, you know, family reunion. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. awesome because I know you, me, and, and and Zach went over to Matt's, and we were there to like go in the freaking morning, and then uh, I know Howard and a bunch of people went to Julie's place uh, this past weekend and kind of had. I think they were calling it like North Carolina carpet fest. Where if we're gonna break it down by states, we're doomed. So. <laughs> um, they've got that going on. And then, uh, like you said, Tinley is just Tinley. So it, I'm liking this. I'm liking this whole kind of, uh, sense of community. It's yeah. Tinley's awesome. where everybody comes to, you know, and, uh, yes. The other and ones Eric kinda... is buying the drinks. Yeah. For Eric. <laughs> no, that, um, excuse me, and, sir. That's not what the text said. So, don't worry. Uh, I'll, I'll show you the text later. Yeah. 
Owen will take just bottled water. Give him bottled just water. Let it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'll buy you bottled Whatever's water free. all day long. Thank you. No problem. Awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, oh, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, oh yeah, no, I was, thinking, I was talking about it today when we were talking yeah. about Matt's little uh, blood python gathering. Shindigi. Um Yeah, I was thinking. Wow, if they called it, what would they call that? Blood fest? And I'm like, wow, that probably should reconsider that. That's bad. Name. That is bad. No, we should really that. figure. No, that is that is a horrible name. Um, yeah. uh, Corrales. Are you attending no. blood fest uh, this year? Corrales. Dude, get a whole oh my of, gosh! No, I didn't. I didn't mean to say Corrales. I said. <laughs> I meant to say something. Else. I was on the brain with you all the time. Bawa, 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 I don't bawa, know. Bawa. Something's wrong with me. We really don't have time to delve into this. <laughs> Curtis, oh. damn it. Curtis, damn it. Stop it. Stop it. All right. I know I'm already going to hear. Matt doesn't listen until if tomorrow. Can, so around like if I could noon, only have I'm going to get a Corrales message. Russian burger eye. If I could only have Corrales Russian burger eye. Stop I'd it. Be so happy. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. What about Borderlands? Man. <laughs> Oh my god! That would be so nice. You, you oh, know, I'm gonna sell god. all my bows just so you'll shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> That's Best, the point. More than I do. Exactly. Excellent. I know. Now I'm going to corner the boa market. Oh yeah, yeah. You have oh, more man. than I do, <laughs> but oh. all right. No. You just got, right. Um, you just got Hog Islands, all right? Shut up. Yeah, they're pretty cool, man. Mm. Definitely. Uh, oh yeah, cool They're cool pretty. Snakes. Anyway, yeah, I think to I think my favorite though are the uh, South Brazilian Amarilli. They're the coolest. Which mm. pattern? Very nice. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, back to pulled it into making. Back to business. Back to business. So you're getting pulled into making what? The Jamaican boas look like the Dominican boas, but they're like tannish pink of these speckle patterns all over them they look really cool but yeah, i'm not gonna do it <laughs> but they they're gecko eaters and crap again no i don't want to do so geckos are, anymore you've already perfected it uh, with the dominican yeah, yeah you're already few, you're already a, a few more for geckos. punishment hey, yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. Help you with them. no no you won't <laughs> fucking lies yeah, I will. I'll, anyway I'll <laughs> No problem. <laughs> yeah. I will help you. Anyway. No problem. Yeah. Uh, next week, we're uh, switching gears and we're hitting um, some chondro talk. Green pythons nice. uh, with Matt Morris. So uh, that's also known as a tree ball uh, python. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't say that during the show though. Sometimes don't say that. I won't say that during the show. Yeah, you get mad. Those GTP those GTP keepers can be awful sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> they can. I think it's yeah. why we haven't been asked to be cut. back on GP. I think it's why we haven't been asked to be back on Green Tree Python Keeper Radio is because uh, I would refer to them as tree ball pythons. So. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and you're ruining it. Makes for makes total. I, I did. It makes total sense. I wouldn't have us on. 
this this is true. <laughs> it's, we, I probably would not have <laughs> if only if only we could go back. Stop, Eric. Anyway. <laughs> it would be pretty funny if uh if you weren't the host or the co-host and I contacted you and I'm like, oh man, we sunk to a whole new low. I, I would never rogue rep Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, wow, that EB Morelia guy. Can you buy another goddamn time? Yeah, he bought them all. What a douchebag. Yeah, that was pretty much my thing. Anyway, back to business. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, next week we're going to be talking, get your Condro talk on and talking with Matt Martin. And the week after that, we're going to be talking genetics with Travis, Travis uh, Wyman. So that should be cool. And then after that, it's right. uh, your show, Owen. You, you do My you show. Want. You're out of here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and uh, I guess the uh, it's getting to that time of year where we'll start putting the calendar things and such together and mm-hmm. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So. So there we go. Um, cool. Yeah, I think when I come back, we're probably four years away from the four years. The four years. <clears throat> so should be yes. cool. Um, so Morelia Python Radio. Uh, you can check out our website, moreliapythonradio.com. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, send it to info at moreliapythonradio.com. One show I am working on. I know it's Boas, mm. but um, we had a couple mm. people ask to talk about. Um, uh, oh shoot, it totally left my mind. Uh, <laughs> Dina, uh, Andy, no. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, wow! Man. Wow! Be uh, sure we lost control. Think... Uh, Viper. I don't Bose. know. What, what are you trying to say? The... Oh. Carrot, no, I keep wanting to oh say Carinata. No, can't think of it Car- either. No, right? What? Can Candoya? Uh, no, it's Candoya, not Candoya. Yeah, yes, it's it? Candoya. Right. Yes. yes. All right. Yeah, I would know. They're Candoya um, Carinata. That's uh, you wouldn't know. <laughs> They're so cool. No, I said I would know. Anyway, I don't. I don't oh yeah. Freaking. So we're doing that. <laughs> No, no, no. We're not doing it yet. There's a couple people that uh, we're not doing that. We're working on that. People keep asking about that, and we are we listen to the viewers sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, they they want to hear that. So, so maybe we can uh, get that worked out. Uh, Uh, Okay. Um, Shoot, I lost my. uh, So yeah, info morelliapythonradio.com. If you have any questions or comments, suggestions, etc., cetera, uh, if you want to tell Owen that he needs to be quiet and stop rattling his jewelry during the show, <laughs> stop swirling his brandy. Jewelry. <laughs> I don't, you can never stop me from doing that. Like, good day, sir. I see but I see you like, you know, the Dasheckis guy? The, the, the Dasheckis? Yeah. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's how I yeah. picture you during the show, sitting in one of those big chairs I, by a fire. Yeah. Swirling brandy, yeah, of course. Your little bracelet rattling. I do the show. I do the show. 
what bracelet do you think I wear? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I hear it right on Thornton Hall. Have show. I ever, have you ever seen me wearing a bracelet? The problem is that now we have these better microphones, you can hear shit. So, but no, yeah, I do the show in my bar, so I could be drinking for all you know. So, yeah. the problem is we do it on the Tuesday. I work tomorrow. So, um, save that crap for the holiday show. Anyway. But that's right. No, there's no bracelet. What the hell's wrong with you? No bracelet, no brandy. Uh, no bracelet. No. I'm gonna make. Well, I'm making a cartoon of it. If Zach, if you're it. listening, you got to chop chop on Zach, this. You go to hell. No, there's no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. Check out our Facebook page, uh, Murray Python Radio. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Murray Python. And if you want to check out the show or past episodes. Uh, go to iTunes uh, is the place to get it. Uh, hit the subscribe button. And every Tuesday or Wednesday morning when you wake up, if you don't listen to the show live, you'll have a brand new episode to listen to. Uh, we will be at Tinley Park uh, in October. Uh, so uh, we'll be, both Owen and I will be splitting the table, Rogue Reptiles, E.B. Morelia, under the Morelia Python Radio um, as the, you know, as both of us. So look for the, the NPR logo and that's where you'll find us. So, uh, look forward to mm-hmm. meeting everybody, being new faces, hanging out with old faces, uh, just shooting shit. And, uh, we'll be at carpet row, uh, there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, something to look forward to because Owen is just so dreamy. Uh, <laughs> He is. I mean, dear Lord. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. I can't get enough of him. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. For me, uh, let's see, uh, E.B. Morelia, check out the Facebook page, uh, E.B. Morelia. You can uh, follow me on Twitter also. Uh, my website is ebmorelia.com. I am slowly uh, getting – I took a whole bunch of pictures today of the 2015 – uh, available babies that will be uh, be up. Uh, I think I put two of them up today. I put this one caramel girl. Is it a girl or boy? I can't remember, but my God, this <laughs> thing is killer. And it's weird because it has this one black spot in the middle of its head, which just makes That's it look funny. really, really cool. So, so it's caramel head albino. Um, and uh, yeah, it's over on the uh, Morelia Python breeder what was the name of the page again? Breeder Classifieds? Breeder Direct? Uh, Miller, direct the breeder, breeder. breeder Direct. Breeder Direct Morelia Pythons. Yeah, that's Classifieds. It. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I will also uh, be giving Owen some, some babies that take the Hamburg. Uh, so, if there's mm-hmm. something that you're interested in, uh, we, can, uh, we can get it to you there. Uh, just get in contact with me. Uh, either on Facebook or you can send me an email at ebmorelia.com. Um, and Hamburg is August 1st, this Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, this Saturday. Uh, and, Bust out the new And then, like, it's, uh, make sure you take some mm. pictures, right? <laughs> I will, of course. Okay. October 3rd, like I said, is the uh, Northwest Carpet Fest. It just got changed. 
uh, Doug Taylor is uh, agreed to host it. Um, they're doing the potluck style dinner. Uh, let's see what mm -hmm. else. Uh, get in contact with Amy uh, through Facebook, um, or you can go to the uh, Northwest Carpet Fest Facebook site. She's looking to get a number of attendees, um, and they're also doing an auction. So if you want to donate something, uh, just uh, get in contact with her, and uh, you'll work it all out. Um, that's all I got. Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com and check out all the stuff we got going on Rogue. Is it, it is up to date uh, with babies we have for sale. And like Eric said, I will be at the – we are vending the August 1st Hamburg Reptile Show. That is this Saturday. Uh, you want to uh, pick up a baby at the show, let us know if you're coming to see us at the show. Let us know beforehand to so make sure everything we, everything we were interested in will come with us. Uh, we bring the Tigers, the Caramel Jags, uh, some of Eric's stuff, and then some of Zach's stuff too. So uh, there's going to be jungles, IJs, um, head for hippopotamus, everything. So it'll all be there. Um, so definitely stop by the table and I promise we will never lose our table again. So we will be at Hamburg for the rest of our lives. God damn it. So I have no <laughs> idea where the table is anymore. I have no idea what table I'm going to be at. I'm hoping cause, uh, Matt says he wants to get there early and tell Denise to put me behind him so that he and I can help each other out. So I'm hoping that's what ends up happening cause I'd be totally fine with that. So we'll see if, uh, so I don't know where I'm going to be. So you guys may have to just kind of walk around for a little bit until you uh, find our table. Um, yep. And that's, uh, that's pretty much all I got. You also go to uh, Rogue Reptiles at Facebook.com. Just search Rogue Reptiles and uh, give us a like there. Um, that's all I got. And that's all we have for you guys tonight. So what we will say is thank you all for listening. And we'll catch everybody here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is... It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. 
ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder, then visit ShipReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile related. 